0: Hello and welcome to Fancy a Blather Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Taylor, and yeah, it is lovely to have you. If you are new, hello, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Or I suppose I'm supposed we're not really meeting you, but you know what I mean. If you are a returner, welcome back. It is lovely to have you here again. So this week we're doing something a little bit different. It's been a hot minute since I did this. Um but we are doing a solo episode. I know, insanity. Just decided it was time. I know a couple of you out there, there's a few of you out there who love a good solo episode from me, so you're in luck because today is your day. It's solo episode time. Yeah, so let's just kick kick on into the intro. So this week's intro begins as always I don't know why I was so weird right there um, with my small wonder of the week and um, this is very autumnal based oh I also really just love the word autumnal doesn't it just such poetic meaning um, so my small wonder of the week is the golden and orangey hues almost like a fire sparking of the leaves on the trees. I went for a wonderful walk recently. Um, if you're from Perthshire or Scotland and know your way around a little bit in the hermitage, it's looking very beautiful at the moment. And um enjoyed a walk in amongst the trees with all the different leaves, and it was so nice, and I'm very excited for more of them to turn. And driving at the moment is very nice. Of course, cycle if you can, but um Aberdeen to Perth is a pretty long cycle, so um driving down the A9 and stuff at the moment is so lovely because all the trees have all these different colours going on of course keep an eye on the road but you can appreciate them in your peripheral, peripheral vision yeah so that is my small wonder of the week so up next we have what I'm engaging with now this is something I discovered last night Last night I was looking for something to watch on good old Netflix, um, because the only things I watch that are on TV—this is a little bit of a guilty pleasure—but hey, oh, I guess I'm outing myself right here. The only things I watch on actual TV are Britain's Got Talent this year, which I you haven't watched in a couple of years, but in amongst the pandemic, I began watching the editions and stuff and became quite invested. So. I have been watching that, but typically on like STV player because I could never watch anything live because my life isn't that together. And then this is where the guilty pleasure comes in. I don't think brian has got to really the guilty pleasure. Maiden Chelsea is back. Um, That is not what I'm engaging with. Oh God, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you to go and watch Maiden Chelsea. Please don't be like you need to do that um I honestly watch it because I just find it funny I find it hilarious how unrealistic it is and it's a great way to just completely turn off my brain because there are so many problematic things in it that it would hurt my head to think about them all so instead I just turn off completely and laugh at the insanity I'm watching but what I am engaging with I'll get to the point. Christy is probably what you're all thinking: is Shine On with Reese Witherspoon on um, Netflix. So I discovered this last night because I've been house sitting for my parents back home, and um, we don't have a massive house by any means. We just have a fairly average house for four people, but um, of course I'm here alone, so it feels feels much larger than normal, and they're getting painting work done at the moment so they've taken down the curtains in numerous rooms including the living room and the blinds and all Um, so at night and when I say at night it gets dark at about seven o'clock at the moment so by seven p.m there's just this really really dark window and you can't oh it just creeps me out Um, I'm not a fan so I needed to watch something not scary on netflix i hadn't seen already i didn't want to watch a film i needed just a new series that was going to be entertaining and um distract me from the pitch black that surrounded me and i found shine on with reese witherspoon and i mean first of all reese witherspoon an icon we love her a goddess. Um, is there anything that women can't do really she is wonderful I'm such a big fan and basically shine on with her is like her, a, her own chat show I suppose but it's a little bit more active than just a chat show she meets these people in places and they sometimes do things together and stuff so it's a little bit more exciting than that um, and she meets up with these kick-ass women doing killer things in the world like Cleo Wade, um, Ava DuVernay, oh my goodness I butchered her name so sorry, and Ava DuVernay, oh, why can I not say that today? I could say it fine yesterday, Ava DuVernay, right okay we're giving up now, I think that was right, um, Dolly Parton, who else, America, Ferrar. nope, we're gonna mess that one up tonight so we'll just move on um oh um Abby Wambach and her wife oh that's really (laughs) bad whose name has escaped me currently which is really terrible because that was the last episode I watched last night but just super super cool interesting stuff and yeah loved it very very interesting and I'm very excited to keep watching more and just killer women on it so highly recommend if you have Netflix to give that a watch it's it's fabulous yeah so as I said already this is a good old-fashioned solo episode before we kick into the main section of the episode um, it will of course be the poem of the week but just before that I wanted to say that um sorry I wanted to say that I realized that we stopped doing positive news story of the week and that was by accident I don't know how we managed to forget about it but I've remembered and I'm bringing it back and of course I got rid of what we're reading in a week because it was just unrealistic for me to be reading a new book every week at the moment with my hectic life at the moment so that will be replaced with a positive news story of the week, which will come at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that, to leave everyone on a positive note every week. So now we're going to kick into our poem of the week. So for the poem for this week. I found this really cool site called Hello Poetry, which I think I have used a little bit before, but I just kind of forgot about it. And this poem is by the user... Apologies if I pronounce this incorrectly, Druzane Rika and I'll have their link to this poem in the show notes and also that way you can find their account as well. So this poem is called Technology, Friend and Foe by Druzane Rika. <coughs> Technology, friend and foe. Technology, you know me so well, I share everything with you first. You know everything about me, things I might not even be aware about. You bring me to utopia with each touch, a single swipe and I get my cup of tea, but how bad could you be for me? I have increasingly decreasing attention. I am just a tool to you, a point to collect more data to sell and sell away to manipulators and attack me with new intelligence. I am always gullible. Technology. I can't live without you. I need you more than I thirst for water. Why do you set out to destroy my entire race? So that is Technology Friend Info by Druze- Druzein Rika on Hello Poetry, which, as I said before, I'll have linked in the show notes. Hi all, Kirsty just popping in here as per usual for our charity spot of the week. This week our charity of choice is Barnardo's. I picked Barnardo's, the children's charity, this week because they have a campaign called Left To Their Own Devices, Children's Social Media and Mental Health and um, I think it gives some incredible information about different stories and what we can do next and the changes that we can make. Um, and I will link that in the show notes so you can find all the information about that particular campaign about the research the education the mental health support that is in existence and why we need to start regulating the internet more of course like all charities you can work with bernardo's if you're in need of a job perhaps they have one available for you um, of course, by getting involved, you can donate by making a donation, or you can donate in other ways. You can raise money for them, you can volunteer with them, you can campaign with them. They also have a section called "Challenge Yourself," which is about sponsorships. Um, more than anything, I would say, and they also have, as I said, they've got a section about donate in other ways. So you can donate by telephone or post, lotteries and raffles. Um, leaving a gift in your will, direct from your salary etc 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 lots of other things and on their website you can find out more about what they do and then who they are and ways that you can get involved with them and they also have information about their gender pay gap and I think that's super cool, as well as obviously the annual report and stuff. And I think that's something really important to publicise, especially as a charity. So it is bernardos.org.uk, and Bernardos is spelled B A R N A R D O S.org.uk. And I will have them linked in the show notes so you can find out more about them. Thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So now it's time for the main part of the episode. So this week we are talking all about social media. We're talking about the good, the bad and the ugly of social media and living in a numbers orientated world. So this one is one that I've wanted to talk about for quite a while actually um, but I just never really knew how to put my words into, into motion and get them to make sense altogether. But I think it's such an interesting complex issue and um, I did recently watch Social Dilemma which did help to kind of further my opinions and my views um I do recommend The Social Dilemma um I just recommend you watch it I'm probably not going to delve into it that much I watched it about a week ago now and I think they made some great points but I think they also missed out a lot of points and they kept it very negative which I understand that was kind of the aim of the film but I kind of want to go into to all aspects of it a little bit more I'm just gonna just gonna have a chat and I would love to know what you all think too please do send me a message let me know what you think send me a voice note I love a good voice note recently that's become my brand new thing sending everyone voice notes and let me know what you're thinking tag me in any posts that you think I should read that would help me to further my views but yeah so I think the social dilemma did put it pretty excellently by saying um, that we have become quite controlled by the social media world that we live in and that we are the thing that is being sold our attention is the thing that's being sold I think I want to say I'm never going to put it as well as they did but I'm also recording this kind of off of a whim and I'm sure they spent a long time working on their documentary so you know (laughs) that's all I have to say is my excuse but yeah so I don't know I guess we'll start with the downsides for me personally the bad and the ugly of social media we can jump into that I do actually want to start off with talking a little about the numbers game in the world in general in the creative world in the social media world in all the world um in our capitalistic world if you want to if you want to put that out there and obviously I have this podcast you know that because you're listening right now and this is me talking on a podcast which is mine so I've had this podcast for a while now and we are on season two and I really really love podcasting and I just think it's a great way for me to connect with the outside world and I hope that over time I can create a community through this and um, can talk about some important things and I that's why I have this podcast and that's the point of it and um, at the heart of it is creating change in any way, shape, or form. Whether that's through one person um, changing something in their life as a result, or um, multiple people it doesn't matter. For me, it's not about the the main goal at the beginning was never about reaching a billion people, a million people, however many people you want to say, two thousand people. It was about truly touching people while they're listening. That's maybe a weird way to phrase it. It was about truly um, connecting with people who I'm interviewing or with the people who are listening. And I don't know, leaving you thinking or... Yeah, I guess leaving you thinking or leaving you with some kind of emotion, hopefully often a happy one, or giving you action points of what you can do to change things in the world that that you have now realised need changed. But like most people, um, I did become a little bit preoccupied by numbers for a while. Um, and our numbers are by no means terrible or anything. They're by no means excellent. They are what they are. And I became a little bit like stressed and paranoid and anxious about the fact that we weren't growing as fast as I've seen other podcasts grow and we weren't um getting as many listens as others and we didn't have that big of an estimated audience size etc etc if you don't know I use anchor so that gives me my numbers I don't go out and look for them it tells me them which maybe isn't the most helpful thing in the world because I don't think I actually want to know them um yeah and I just became aware that I'd become very preoccupied with the numbers to the point that I'd forgotten why I even started this podcast and I'd kind of lost the point of it all and I got a little bit lost in it all for a, for a little while and I was very fortunate that I managed to snap myself out of it very quickly and realize no like this isn't why you do this similar to my writing like my poetry I don't write for my dad put it really well um do you write for other people or do you write for yourself and of course there's a little bit of an aspect of both but if you're not doing something partially for yourself then why are you doing it and um, you said you shouldn't write to be published you should write because you want to write and you want to share your work that's wonderful and then if you do get published then that's that's a celebration but not an expectation and you shouldn't you shouldn't belittle your writing because it isn't in a book kind of thing and I thought he he had a very valid point and I was like that's true yeah you're right I don't um obviously I do podcasts for other people to listen but I don't podcast to be the next big thing and to be on I don't know I mean I'd love to be on the Graham Norton show do not get me wrong on that one but other than that I don't podcast to be like well known or to be um on some network or to be making money from it or anything like that maybe down the line we will make a little bit of money but that's just not my top priority I'm very lucky that in a position where hopefully soon provided that this year goes well I will have a stable working job with a a fairly decent wage so I won't need to I mean everybody always worries about money but I won't this won't be my job is what I'm trying to say in a very well roundabout and very awkward way but um yeah so it is interesting isn't it how you can become so obsessed with figures especially with somebody that's not I mean I do I do actually like a bit of math I loved math when I was younger but it wasn't my favorite subject of all time and I just think it is quite interesting. And um, that comes down to the whole thing with social media, which we're going to get into a little bit more now. So obviously, some people work in social media, so I can imagine that numbers and engagement and things like that are really important because that kind of defines their payment and defines how they get paid and I understand that entirely but I don't work in social media I don't earn any money in social media and yet particularly when I was younger when social media was brand new I suppose to the world I became, I did I became obsessed with how many friends have I got on Facebook how many followers have I got on Instagram how many retweets has I have I got here? Have I gone viral? Blah, 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 blah. Um, how many likes does this have? How many comments does this have? And I think part of the problem was that we were the first ever. I was born in 97, if you didn't know, so in 23, nearly 24 actually. Well, a little bit off yet. Still Christmas first. Um yeah we were kind of the first generation who ever experienced social media as teenagers obviously generations since then have have experienced that too but hopefully we're a little bit more educated and it's a little bit better now than it was then it's by no means perfect don't get me wrong but um social media became big when I was in high school quite early in high school I started high school when I was 11 Um, now Twitter came out I know this from a pub quiz that I did in 2006 and I started high school in 2008 so I probably was on Twitter I don't think I was allowed social media until I was 13 because I didn't lie about my age on any of my Um, profiles so if I was 13 I would have been I reckon in third year of high school which is where you start to pick your subjects in Scotland and you have exams the following year and everything becomes a little bit more stressful a little bit more real people come a bit meaner Um, as a generalization I could see a lot of things but we won't um, life becomes a lot harder and just to top it all off, now we've got people tweeting things, indirect tweeting people, which caused all kind of problems. As a teenager, I was somebody who suffered from um, anxiety and probably depression too was not diagnosed until I was much older, so I couldn't tell you for sure what I was going through at the time. but I my mental health was not good in high school, not one bit. And I used to get paranoid that when people were indirecting tweets about people that they were about me and they were never about me and then people used to say well if the shoe fits then blah 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 but they were the shoe didn't fit but I was so paranoid that somebody could be talking about me that I became like sure that these things were about me and the little voices in my head kind of convinced me that that was all about me and then Instagram started and people wanted likes, people wanted comments, a comment was better than a likes, it was more personal, someone else would have more likes than you, you would post a new profile picture, feeling good about yourself but then it wouldn't get enough likes so then you'd think you looked horrible in it and then you'd pick yourself apart, you would pick apart every single little thing on this picture of yourself of your body until you were left with a single strand of eyebrow hair it was absolutely insane Um, and why did we do that to ourselves why did we let why didn't somebody do something why didn't somebody say this is wrong these are children why are they going through this horrific experience this can't possibly be good for them I just it's beyond me I was very fortunate I must add and I am very fortunate to this day and very privileged I don't really like the word fortunate but very privileged in the fact that my parents were quite strict on things like the internet and social media when I was younger and um, when you're in high school it's a lot harder for them to police that but throughout primary school we weren't allowed a phone we were allowed one hour of computer time social media didn't really exist then so it was really just like playing the sims or something and we were really really encouraged to be outside and to do things um that weren't on a screen and in high school everyone became enamored with their phones and as a result so did so did them so did i i suppose um I did still play a lot of sports and do a lot of out of school activity things because that made me happy, and I'm glad that I did those things because otherwise I think I would have lost myself in the world of likes and dislikes, and I suppose dislikes or anything, of likes and comments, and I suppose we have Bebo as well for a while, other halves, and I don't remember all those other things, but it was a hard time to grow up. I'm not saying it was the hardest time. Of all time I'm not trying to be like that but social media had so many negative implications I think on the mental health of my generation from a young age that is quite worrying to this day and I'm I'm glad that we're finally educating children on how to use these things and um, parents are finally paying more attention to the impacts these have on their children not to say my parents weren't aware because were and they did try to alter things but as i said teenagers tend to have their own mind about things and there was such a um there was also such a problematic economic thing as well going on and when it came to phones and things like that in school You always wanted the new phone so you could fit in with everyone else. Blackberries were big when I was in high school. Everyone had a Blackberry. Blackberries were phones designed for business people, designed for people who worked in business, not designed for high school children, people with BBM people and all this kind of crazy stuff. And um, they were not the target audience. But if you were a teenager at that time and you did not have a Blackberry, you would inevitably be made fun of or laughed at or feel as if you weren't good enough because you didn't have it. I for a while had this lime green phone and I can't for the life of me remember the mix, the make, um, but it was on android and I loved that phone with every my but I thought it was a nice fun colour and I thought it was different and original and cool but of course I came to hate it when I went to school and people would make fun of me for having that phone and that was just so problematic like it's a phone but um that is some of the bad and the ugly that existed I think as time has gone on i guess our generation in particular have become particularly aware of the impacts that social media can have on us as we have all experienced it firsthand and um as a result i turned off my notifications i know there's so many more things that i need to do to um break these societal rules that are forcing me in this addiction with social media but um I turned off all of my notifications on all apps even my emails I guess over a year ago now I only have texts and phone calls on and cal- and my calendar probably cuz otherwise I'll forget what I'm supposed to be doing and that made such a profound difference in the way difference in the way that I use social media as now I have to make a conscious effort and conscious choice to click on the app and to scroll through Instagram and to check my messages and to reply to people. The only time I might turn it on is like Messenger WhatsApp or something if I'm about to meet people just in case the plans change so I don't end up showing up somewhere two hours early or something. But other than that, I really do try my best to keep it off. And I am now recently trying to implement no screens for at least an hour before I go to bed at night to just allow myself time to unwind from the day and trying to get into journaling which probably sounds hilarious i sure like Kirsty you're a writer surely you've always journaled and you'll be wrong about that um no I, I have not always journaled um I actually find journaling really difficult because I don't know it's easier to write fictionally than it is to write about my own life um And reading and things like that at night and doing some yoga and I've started to get into meditation through headspace and that's really made such a profound difference not just on how long I sleep but on how I do sleep and how I feel when I wake up and how much more energized I feel which is something that I really needed to improve upon and um my next goal is to stop checking my phone first thing in the morning which is something I'm sure many of you listening to this are guilty of and it is very difficult. I do find it a lot harder when I'm at home because I don't have a clock in this bedroom so that is how I check the time and then as a result I just end up going on my phone but I am trying to take that out of my space and I'm trying to set myself allocated time to go on to these social media apps and such and be aware of what I'm doing and how I'm using it of course there's good sides to social media and I want to talk about that a little now too so social media creates such an incredible platform and the ability to create a community that really didn't exist before and people on social media have had the opportunities to do things that they would never have been able to do before due to the boundaries of that industry or that workspace in place or yeah those societal norms or rules around certain things and now people can be a poet by posting a poet by just setting up an instagram account and posting their poetry people can create a community just by starting a Facebook group and sharing their thoughts and feelings and creating these connections that are beautiful and wonderful and kind and thoughtful and you can create wonderful friendships through the internet you can create real life effective important friendships because there are real people on these sites of course there are trolls and bots and all the rest of it and it is easy to get lost in that world and just see social media as a negative and pessimistic and problematic place but we forget about the good things that come with it it isn't perfect by any way shape or form as I've already said but there is an ability for more inclusivity in a way in social media that's never existed before um one of the incredible things we saw during the increase of the Black Lives Matter movement which is a movement that has not ended and didn't start this um, this lockdown and um, so please don't think I'm saying oh well the Black Lives Matter movement started to exist because I know it existed long long before this but the increased um, I suppose public attention towards this movement during lockdown particularly on social media had quite an impact i'm not talking about those black squares um no 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 um i'm talking about people who had a real voice on social media people who are verified and have fans and followers etc etc using their counts and their followers numbers for good and handing over their platform to for a day or for a week or for however long to other people to to share their voice and to create this community of people listening and finally educating themselves and becoming anti-racist and giving a platform to voices who have not been um what, what would you say have not been given that opportunity before even though they are more deserving of it than many other people who have a voice on these platforms and that to me was such a profound and important moment in I suppose social media's history because I was like look at these great things that can happen on this app look at these ways that we can learn from each other look at these ways that we can engage look at these ways that we can create change even just by reading a resources post on instagram about anti-racism or by reading choose loves posts about what is really going on in the world right now for people seeking refuge and what can i do to help get your news of course there's a problem of fake news and fast news etc etc but that isn't a new problem yes we get it a lot faster and by the click of a button compared to before but but fake news if that's what you want to call it um Bias news I suppose you could say has always existed and will always exist that's not new um, it's just more predominant and more accessible now than ever before but it, it was always a thing all newspapers are biased all news casters and news shows and BBC channels and other channels are biased we're human beings we are biased that is what we are we have a bias we will always have a bias you cannot not have a bias as a human being it's not possible because you have a brain and you have thoughts and you have feelings and you have experiences that are never going to be the same as any other person in the world so as in like your whole experience it's not going to be the same as anyone else so that is what it is that's 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 life so we have to teach people how to read these things and recognize that oh yeah okay that's actually kind of problematic but I learned stuff like that in school like is that not we have to teach children and ourselves how to think for ourselves and I think we're all capable of doing that I think it's pretty harsh actually and unfair on certain um, media outlets and clickbait stories to say that children can't think for themselves and they're being brainwashed and x y and z when actually they're not as blindsided as you might think and maybe the adults have the bigger problem here than the kids is what I'd like to say in regard to that but it can be such an incredible platform and personally I've seen that firsthand I can promote my podcast to people I can create a wonderful creative collective um, continue the voice follow if you don't already which discusses discusses important things going on in the world through creative sources and outlets and by sharing people's work from all around the world. Um, We can create a digital zine, we can promote that, we can find readers, we can um, share our poetry, we can read others poetry, we can create real life industry relationships that will benefit us in the future, whether they benefit us in in a career way or just like in a personal way and give us a connection with somebody we might never have met if it wasn't for the internet. There's so many wonderful things that the internet has allowed us to do. It is by no means perfect and I think that we do need to start making changes. I do not have the answers. The Social Dilemma does not really have the answers based off of the end of their film. They have a few answers but they don't have the answer. That is something we're all still working towards and something we all need to work on. I think a great thing that we can do is we can become aware of how these apps and systems work we can that is a first step to understanding we can learn coding if we have the time and understand that world a little bit more and become so more socially aware of what is happening in our online spaces and we can create posts that create a change in a positive way and we can shine some light into the social media and internet world rather than always taking it as a dark and dingy place without social media I wouldn't be able to speak to my friends who live 3,000 miles away I wouldn't be able to speak to my parents when I lived abroad 3,000 miles away I wouldn't be able to speak to my friends in all different parts of the world and form relationships and continue these relationships throughout the rest of my life because it wouldn't be an option I know there's problems in social media not just in the platforms themselves but in the way that followers are found and people buying followers on the economic side of social media which is extremely problematic but the the economic and making them far less inclusive than they should be but the economic politics that exist in social media don't just exist in social media, they exist everywhere in our world and we have to do something to create that change. We live in a capitalistic world and we have to work out what can we do to change that and I do not know the answer to that. God, I wish I did. But maybe follow people who aren't rich and famous and all that. Follow people and find accounts that are smaller but post wonderfully excellent things that create these wonderful communities or connections that really resonate with you and um, become part of that community don't become part of the community that allows more rich people to get rich and more poor people to get poor and honestly I could talk about this forever but I don't really have much else to say so right now i probably think more later but I don't want to keep yapping on because I've been talking for a while now but I do want to know what everyone thinks about this I just needed to like get off my chest and <laughs> um, yeah so now we will kick into our positive news story of the week. So our positive news story for this week is from one of my favourite sites positive.news which I will of course have linked in the show notes along with the exact article that I'm talking about. So this article is all about care farms. So um the title is a shining light the care farm supporting people with mental health challenges and this is quite fitting as well because today is mental health day however I would just like to say that I don't believe that mental health exists for just one day and should be talked about for just one day but should be talked about for all days forever and ever so um here's a little bit about it. So Pathways Care Farm. So Pathways is one of the UK's estimated 250 care farms which host vulnerable people and engage them in farming or horticulture activities as a form of therapy. They target young they target groups such as dementia patients, young people at risk of school exclusion and people with learning difficulties using farming as a way to boost well-being. Self-esteem and a sense of community. Oh, wow, I love that. Facilities range from specialist residential centres with programs supported by trained therapists to working farms that allow small groups to lend a hand for a few hours per week. So, if you'd like to know a little bit more about um, the farms, then please do track out this article where you can read about it a lot more. And also, I will have there. Information in the show notes, so it is Pathways Care Farm. And yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. And don't forget to tune in next Saturday for a new episode of Fancy Blather. And of course, don't forget to catch Naomi and I on Small Talk on Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.